Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Coming to you live from Studio B. The B stands for Bears uh, from our West Loop Studios here in uh, downtown Chicago. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Anderson. I really got thrown off by the Bears game. We're all excited here at our CHGO offices. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, as Vinny Duber pointed out, that's 13 syllables right there that roll off the tongue. Uh, that's Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. That's his name backwards. And uh, Robin Ventura, shout out. Hey, you saw Ryan Sandberg uh, at the Cubs game uh, introducing uh, Mr. Uh, Sean Dunstan and uh, Mark Grace into the uh, Cubs Hall of Fame. Robin Ventura, why not next? Him or Ozzy? I mean, Ozzy should get his number retired by the White Sox, but I don't think uh, Robin Ventura will ever get his number retired because, firstly, it's a popular number, 23, and then the managing... The magic will be held against them. Well, I mean, it shouldn't be. It, I mean, it will help when you know five or four, four years from now, when Andrew Benintendi gets his n- number retired by the White Sox, they can just kind right of right at the end the, of the contract. They're yeah. not even going to wait for him to retire. I, I mean, they did it with Canerco, mm-hmm. right? Yes, they did it on field. No, well, then, no, they brought him back. Didn't he come back the following year for the ceremony and everything? Herb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it was like fait accompli. He's like, right. well, he's he was coming. retiring. Yeah. Andrew Benintendi might have more baseball in him after this. Yes. Uh, <sighs> I, I drink. I debate that. The Jeez, you bringing would? up of Andrew Benintendi. I'm shocked. Sean, um, you know what I'm just excited for? They'll split finally, the number, finally, finally, it is the season we've all been waiting for. It's still baseball season. It's still oh, baseball season. God. Finally, it's still I, baseball season. I thought you were about to do a rock impersonation. Finally, we are here to talk about another White Sox loss. Uh, Sox lose. Three to two. Good to see my guy Fred in here for the Tigers. Yeah, shout out to Fred. And uh, Fred uh, made us uh, bust out laughing by saying, uh, let's make this a quickie. Uh, We'll do our best. Uh, You guys excited to talk about the White Sox? No. Yes, every day I am. Hey! <laughs> uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Uh, make sure uh, if you are a masochist uh, taking in this uh, content uh, that you are uh, letting us know that you're liking the content. I know um, my guy Todd is going to be listening tomorrow. Todd Welter. Yes. Thank you, Todd. Very kind on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's kind of break this down from a number standpoint. Um, 21 games behind Minnesota, right? 20 and a half, yeah. 20 and a are half. The twins still playing? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They're playing baseball still? Um, <laughs> All 30 teams are, Sean. I thought football it's still cancels baseball. baseball. What's foot, football? There's foot, a ball you foosball? play with a foot? Football. <laughs> uh, there's 19 games left. Uh, so the Sox are 55 and 88. Uh, so they're 33 games under 500. Uh, all this equals eliminated from playoff contention. Today, so, mm-hmm. as of as of mere moments ago, as of this loss, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, unfortunately, the Sox won't be uh, making it to the playoffs in 2023. Vinny, are you shocked? Well, I guess what I'm more shocked by is there was a way that if, I mean, like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. like, here's my thought: is like again, math is math, right? So, like, I it's obviously correct, but there's 19 games left. So, you, okay, if they won today, there were 20, right? That would mean they would win 20 in a row. They'd be finish 13 games under 500. <laughs> yeah, well, you I could mean, make the playoffs like that so technically. Let's see. Just by teams all losing? I think it, I think yes. it would have to be so yeah, so if the White Sox won every single game and the Twins lost every single game, that would be 20 and a half games. I think the White Sox would have the tiebreaker. And they play each other four times. Yeah. Yeah. So the if the White Sox won 20 straight and the Twins lost 20 straight, yeah. and the Guardians 
also lost Osco a lot. Osco lost right. a lot, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, hey, it could have been <laughs> possible. But now it's not okay. possible. But now, so, yeah, yeah no Don't more. get your hopes up. So that <laughs> when, when the Sox win 19 straight and the Twins lose 19 straight, they're still not going to win the division. <laughs> Unbelievable. They'll be third, though, which would be great. I can't They'll wait for that press conference. They do. Hey, finish the season with 19 wins in a row. <laughs> Hello, hey, <laughs> we're only 13. That, that would be true. We're dude. only 13 games <laughs> below 500. Second place. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, we don't have much to say about this game, but there, there was some news. Uh, so we'll kind of recap the Detroit series uh, for you. Not a lot of talk about on the field from any of these games, really. Uh, Clevenger had a fine start on Friday. That's, that's, a, about, that's it. about it. Yeah, Moncada's um, been swinging good, but he didn't play today. That's true. Yeah. Um, Moncada had, what, three straight games with a home run? Yeah. Uh, yeah, September 5th to uh, the 8th, uh, those three games, uh, he had a home run in uh, and was looking all right. Uh, but then, yeah, as uh, you mentioned, Daryl said, uh, or the reporters. From, Pedro said, yeah. Well, pa- well, Pedro said it, and then the reporters uh, disseminated the uh, info uh, that he's dealing with a sorny. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. Maybe he's back uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, but... The big thing is Jose Urena started for the White Sox on Saturday. Yeah. Didn't know that he was in the organization, but hey, uh, here we go. We all missed that one. Yeah. Well, and I think it was all very fitting that uh, on that day where Urena makes his start, uh, there's uh, this whole back and forth with the Pirates and the Braves where Acuna's being pitched inside, and Acuna's known for just whipping balls at Acuna. Uh, Urena? Yeah. Oh, yeah, when he was a Miami Marlin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, th- I just thought it was fitting that, you know, Acuna was being pitched inside uh, by Spirit, by Jose Arena from hey, Detroit. Hey, watch out in 2024 when we're in the World Series versus the Brave. We'll be hitting you on every time. Oh, Jose Arena time. Oh, Jesus. Uh, him and Jesse Schultons and Tuki Toussaint will finish out the rotation of Dylan Cease and maybe Michael Kopech. We're just um, going to grab any on every old player who used to be good. At pitcher, like so, we've already got Jody Cueto, Urena. A couple years ago, we had what Santana. Yes, Irvin Santana, uh, Despagne, Mariano, yeah, uh, just James oh, Shields. Oh my goodness! Yeah, how far back do you want to go? Oh my yeah. gosh! Just grab anybody who's had any monicum of success and hadn't had it in years. Bring them here for the White Sox. That's going to be the offseason too. Starting pitchers. Yeah, well, so we got to figure out what the plan with Michael Kopech is. Uh, obviously, Urena makes the start on Saturday for Kopech. Kopech is moved to the bullpen, uh, but word still from Pedro is that they think of Kopech as a starter. But this isn't the most shocking thing, I guess, because, again, we know that Kopech has been dealing with uh, confidence. He's been dealing with uh, mechanics. We've been very clear that he's been struggling to make it past the sixth inning. Uh, I mean, you said, what, 16 straight outings before uh, making it? I mean, not, not even 14, out of 14 inning. straight. 14 out of straight. Not getting to or completing the sixth inning. I mean, you, you gave a little bit of an eyebrow raise there, Vinny. Is it surprising just with what Pedro's tone has been? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, certainly the – uh, a lot of fans have been asking for this kind of thing since very early in the season, even dating back to last year, maybe after they saw the success that he had pitching out of the bullpen in 2021, the, you know, uh, management, if you want to say that of his innings over the last two seasons as a starter. Um, and so it's been brought up to Pedro and uh, including as recently as the last homestand. Hmm. And it was, which, which finished with a Kopech start that Sunday, if you'll remember, a week ago today, um, when he was asked, would you put him in the bullpen? Oh, we haven't had any discussions about that. And I think it was a show that we did on Thursday, maybe, where I was like, where mm. I said, well, boy, this is reminding me of uh, the Jake Berger. We're never going to do the Jake Berger experiment at second base. <laughs> and then uh, eventually, there he was, the starting second baseman. Now here we go. Michael Kopech is in the bullpen. Didn't take long to have those discussions, I suppose, but... Um, 
listen, I, I think that what we've been saying all along remains true even after this move, which is he's got to be a starting pitcher next year. And certainly that's what Pedro said is that they view him as such. But he has to be a starting pitcher next year for the sole reason that the White Sox don't have any other starting pitchers. They've got Dylan Cease, and then if you move Michael Kovac to the bullpen, they need four. Mm. They need to go out and find four starting pitchers for opening day next year. That seems very unlikely. It would seem the easiest way to solve that problem would be to put Michael Kopech in the rotation next year. And so I think that's what we're going to see. But I'm granted. I didn't, I wasn't in Detroit. I wasn't there talking to Pedro when he was making this explanation. But my question is what benefit does this give to a guy who has been a starting pitcher up until now has been developing as we heard the development year comments the earlier this season has been still learning how to be a big league starting pitcher. And now you're just going to chop off the last month of that learning experience to try and get him some good results. I mean, they trotted him out there on Saturday night and what happened? Give up a home run and he walked a guy. Yep. I mean, the, the, he, he's obvious, it's not going to change in one day, but he had the same problems that he's been having when he was a starting pitcher. I remember seeing a lot of comments earlier this year when it was, oh, moving to the bullpen, he could be a great bullpen pitcher, a great closer, something like that. Have you seen Michael Kovac's numbers in the first inning this year? <laughs> they're, they're horrible. Atrocious. Um, that... You that that the jump would be oh well he's going to be this amazing elite relief pitcher now just get him off out of the rotation and he'll be fine. Obviously that's not the case. There's a lot going on with him. He still needs to be a starting pitcher because of the way this roster is constructed. I would think that getting him three four more starts would just get three more starts under his belt no matter how poorly they go as the learning experience. Fred's bringing up Giolito. What did we hear from Giolito earlier this season when he was talking about how he felt about the White Sox organization? He was loyal to them because they allowed him to struggle at the major league level, and it was the thing that helped him turn his career around, was having that experience. They didn't send him down to AAA. They didn't put him in the bullpen. Granted, we're talking about two very different situations, a guy in his first year in the first full year in the majors in Giolito versus Kopech, who's had multiple seasons to figure this out. But... To think that you're going to go after watching five months of this guy right back to what he was as a reliever in 2021, that's unrealistic. And if you think that he can still be in that role, then make him a reliever during the offseason for next year. I think if your eye is on him making a starter, you, you would think that he would gain something from going out there and trying to make three or four more starts before the season is over. That's just my thought. And, and, and maybe the White Sox have answers to every one of those questions that I just brought up. But um, to me, it's an odd move. And now you're seeing three, four guys in Urania, Toussaint, Schultons, just finishing out the year for this team because they have to play 20 more games. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking at right now, right? Yeah. Um, I just don't understand the move. It, like you were saying, Vinny, like how is this going to make Michael Kopech a better starting pitcher? In any sport, you don't become and get better at a thing unless you do the thing. So how are you going to be a good starting pitcher without being a starting pitcher? And this is the month to experiment. No pressure. Michael, feature your changeup more. Feature your curveball more. Be on one side of the mound. Find things that work for you. Pitch out of the stretch. Pitch out of the windup. Whatever you need to do to get comfortable in this last month to be a starter, because you're going to be on the team next year. That's what I'm thinking, that the White Sox have a dearth of starting pitchers, so more than likely he's going to be here. So I don't understand why the move, if it's for confidence, as Vinny said, 
that's not his thing. It's not his thing because of the struggles in the first inning. And the bullpen roll is a first inning every time you go out there. So a guy who walks a lot of people and is not around the plate a lot is not an ideal bullpen person anyway. So I don't understand why doing this. If you send him down to AAA, which I don't think they have a season anymore, early in the year, I get that. Work on some things at a major, at a professional level, cool. That makes sense. This has no rhyme or no reason for me to have Michael Kopech being out of the bullpen. There's no positive out of this unless they think that he gets positive results, his mind changes, and then next year he comes back with a different uh, mind frame. But this month of September with three, four more starts, he could have just been doing whatever he needed to do to feel comfortable. Like if Katz is telling him something – and somebody else is telling him another thing. Hey, Ethan, let me try something else. Let me try, you know, we've been working on this, that, and the other. I got it, but the results haven't been hit there. Or keep on continuing down that path until he sees good results. Because what does being in the bullpen do for anybody? Like, does it do anything for the White Sox, him being in the bullpen? No. Does it do anything for the player? No. Then who is it serving? And I'll, that- even, and I'll even bring this up, too. Could it be detrimental in that... How many times have we heard Pedro say over the last couple months that September is when he wants to do these evaluations because he doesn't trust what he sees in the spring because the spring can be deceiving, right? So we're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take away a month of potential development, potential learning at the big league level for Michael Kopech as a starting pitcher, with the hope that it brings him back in the spring as a better pitcher, but. What if he goes out there and has a good spring? I'm supposed to listen to Pedro say, "Oh my God, he's been so great this spring. Look, look at how great he's going to become opening day." When you just, when he just told me this year, this summer, that the spring is deceiving and you can't make your full evaluation that way. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think if you're the White Sox and your new GM Chris Getz trying to figure out what you have this last month of the season before you go into the off season, that you would? Listen to your manager's words when he says, now is the time. Now is the time to do this evaluation. Now is when we got to see what Lenin Sosa can do. Now we've got to see what Oscar Colas can do. Now is when we got to see what Corey Lee can do. Why is now not when we can see what Michael Kopech can do? I agree. I think the biggest thing is health. I think reading the quotes from Grafol, I just don't know if Michael Kopech feels confident. I don't know if he feels confident in his body and his mechanics. And I don't think that he wants to overwork himself at this point in the season. Because, again, as we know, when he set the goal of 180 to 200 innings this this year, like, it was laughable. But what he also said was he wanted to get to 30 starts. You're at 26. Wouldn't it be a huge plus for you mentally to be like, hey, it wasn't the best thing out there, but... I, I, I had 30 starts. I didn't. I, I, I got to 140 innings or whatever. I was well under my goal, but I at least got to 30 starts, and that's great for me because you know what? The White Sox don't have a lot of pitchers in their organization that can do. Have 30 starts at any level. A, double A, triple A, major league level. They have Dylan Cease. So <laughs> I, I, I think that Michael Kopech having at least just no, 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 remember go- Remember Jose Arena. We talked about him earlier. <laughs> well, he's made one start. I guess two starts in, 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 in both. I, I need to see a little bit more from Urena. Uh, I guess I got to give a, a shout out to Jesse Schultons because that dude's money. Um, but he was good today. He's always good. He's going to be the third starter for them next oh, year. Um, and again, I think that it's a smart strategy to have Tukey just start on Tuesdays. He's seemingly a lot better on Tuesday than any other day. How about Thursday for alliteration too? 
Not, but it's Taco Tuesday, not Taco Thursday. Yeah. It's, it's two it's, for it's Tuesday. It's kind of a half alliteration. Yeah, I got Because it's the same letter, but a different not, sound. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, what Griffall said, that doesn't mean that he's a bullpen guy. It doesn't... It, does not mean that we're not going to start him in the future. We're going to back off him off a little bit and try to get him some wins here. Uh, and there, as uh, far as going out and there at an inning at a time or two innings at a time and start building him up again, building him up. It's a developmental year. I mean, we keep hearing these things like they don't seem super confident that he'll finish the year strong. So just why not see less of him? I, I mean, you've seen over 120 innings. I don't know if you need a ton of more tape from Michael Kopech in September because it just seems like let's get through the finish line with him. Um, but then Griffol also says right now, all I want him to do is finish the season healthy and in the right frame of mind, mechanically sound and just start building for 2024. You see him start that uh, outing against Torkelson with a fastball right down the middle. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I think that there was some positives there that it wasn't an extremely strenuous inning um he threw a lot of sliders to Matt Veerling inside and he was just basically all right hit this and he did like I don't know if I hate that home run because you got have to challenge guys um coming out of the bullpen but what's really just like not or uh, most concerning from this was you look at the actual uh stats from him coming out of the bullpen through 28 pitches which isn't great for a bullpen guy for an inning but um there wasn't actually a, a gain in the stuff like you we Loved seeing Raylo go from a starter to a bullpen guy because now he's getting three miles per hour on his fastball. Can empty the tank quicker. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Same with Jimmy Lambert. Kopech, his pitch velocity was up 0.5 miles per hour. Not a huge jump there. His slider was down a mile and a half. Not really great there. Um, The called strikes plus whiff percentage was all right. But when you're looking at only 28 pitches, it's not good enough for a bullpen arm. Um, I mean, seven called strikes on uh, 28 uh, pitches, like it's just not good enough. Like you just have to go out there and locate. And I don't know if he has clean enough mechanics to do that right now. I don't know if his lower half is hurting him to a point where he isn't really able to get that same extension that he's used to or was getting in May when he looks so crisp. I think it has to be something physically that is hurting him and the physical is led to mental issues and they're just trying to push this car across the finish line. I think you, I think you made a great point in bringing up the number of starts that he could have made. Because when I talk to starting pitchers, when we talk to starting pitchers, the number one thing they care about is durability and their ability to eat innings for the team, right? Obviously, they want to pitch and pitch well, right? Obviously, they'd all love to be the Cy Young winner every year. But the number one thing they care about is that they pitch well enough to stay in a game six or seven innings and do that every fifth day. That's the thing they care about the most. That, if you ask them... What, what is your number one job? They will say to make all my starts and to, and to make life as easy as possible on the rest of the team, chiefly the bullpen, right? Michael Kopech could have achieved part of that. I think you're right in, in making 30 starts. Would he have been pleased with the performance? Absolutely not. No one's saying he should have been, and he'll be the first one to tell you. But, you, you know, he might have come way far away from, from 200 innings, of course, and he can look that up just like anybody else can. He knows. But make 30 starts to get through a season. I pitched every fifth day. I did that. He would think to that in a way he did his job. In all the other categories, no, he didn't, and he wouldn't think that. But in one way, he would think that, and I think that that could have been the learning experience, the the development part, the hang your hat on this going into the offseason. I mean, what has the number one question about this guy been throughout his career? 
can he be on the field? Is yep. he going to be healthy enough to pitch every fifth day? And this year, he was. And, you know, with the one exception of when he was on the injured list, he, he was. And um, had he been able to make 29, 30 starts, I think that would have been a pretty big number for him. Um, now he's not going to get to do that. And, and you wonder... Is it gonna? Is that development then still gonna roll into next year? Obviously, some of it is because you got to fix whatever the heck is wrong with him. But that's one thing that he could have accomplished this year on that front. And the thing I think I bring up with Michael Kopech all the time is confidence. This is gonna be a shot to his confidence, no matter what. You're a starter, as you said, Vinny. You want to post every fifth day. They're telling you you haven't pitched well enough to be in this terrible starting rotation to end the year. And now you're going to be like, okay, they're sending me to the bullpen? Man, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. I'm like, what's the rhyme or reason? And I am guarantee he's not going to come out of this a better mental state, a better mind frame because he got sent to the bullpen. That's not going to be encouraging. Yes, it's accountability if you want to put it on that. But also you have to think about, as Fred says, it reeks of not having a plan. It reeks of them just doing something without thinking about the repercussions it's going to have for the player and for the team. Why? What's the reason of this, uh, why you're doing this? If you had an actual reason, if he's hurt or if you feel like he's hurt, not you, Sean, but the White Sox feel like he's hurt, shut him down. I don't think anybody would have said, hey, we're shutting Michael down for the last month. I would have been mad, but it had been a better plan than this, than putting him in the bullpen. There's, I don't think there's anything good going to – even if he came out and shoved every single time that he was a bullpen member, that would give him a little confidence, but what would it teach him to be a starting pitcher? How would that help him? How would that develop that? And all that does is change the narrative completely to, can this guy do the job next year to, well, that guy should be doing that job next year. Thank you. And if they still don't have any starting pitching, they have to lean on him. All of a sudden, then they look like they don't know what they've got because they have to put him in the in the rotation when, if that's the way it played out, they've got this totally great bullpen arm that they could use, but they can't. And now, okay, so now they've got to go get another starting pitcher, and it just adds to that. Um yeah, I, I agree, Herb. I think just the the one quote that kind of still sticks out for me from that Jerry Reinsdorf, Chris Getz day was the thing about off-season plans and, like, making sure guys were sticking to it and policing. I, I think, again, we have to look at Kopech as one of these, and I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses for many people, but, like, that dude had a lot of weird off-seasons. He hasn't had a ton of major league off-seasons. So maybe the thought is let's just have him have – a healthy offseason this year will make sure that he has a plan. We'll make sure that he's able to build stamina and become a major league pitcher because it, it's clear that he, I don't think, has ever had an offseason like that. He showed up they, to he showed up to this spring training behind schedule because he had COVID because he got COVID. Oh well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, when when has he had a normal offseason? When has he had a, a true regimen and, and and plan? I think it's again more failure on the White Sox, but. Hey, I, I don't. I don't. I think there is possible damage to more damage to do by throwing him out there for four more starts. Um, I think it could have been good for the ledger, but it, it doesn't seem like he's really rejecting it. Um, you know, he says, "I'm grateful for the opportunity to uh, start, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm a major league baseball player and I'm a major league pitcher, and whatever innings or inning I'm throwing doesn't change the fact change that fact. I'm extremely grateful to be in the position I'm in. I mean, he he knows who he is. I mean, that's one thing we have talked about. Was it did seem like he tried to go through a uh, 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 a growth as a person um, from 2020 uh, and beyond. So maybe he's able to take this in stride. Maybe the White Hopefully. Sox are able to communicate and, and able to, you know, 
have this be a, a, a successful transition and just focus and be like, hey, you know, we're just trying to get you to finish this season and focus on this offseason and start 2024 the right way. Because he didn't start 2023 the right way in spring training, 2022, 2021. Um, you know, I he's such a weird player that I, I, I do want to give him leniency. Like him and Moncada are two guys that just have had weird 2020s to 2023s. Um, but like... I, I get it that, you know, if he if he hits June of next year and still doesn't look like a starter, is it time to move him to the bullpen? Like, you know, I mean, is it just is this just going to be a cycling discussion? Like, probably. Unless probably he goes a, out and shoves. If, if he doesn't do it next year, it's probably time to think about him relocating to some other team who can work with him and fix him or whatever. Yeah. Because it obviously hasn't worked here. If it's not fixed by next June, that would be, what, four full seasons pretty much? Like, the bullpen mixture of 2021, 2022, this year, and then next year, it's like it's not happening for us. Maybe somebody else can fix them. Maybe we can get a low-level prospect for them, whatever. But it's not working here. I, it seems very much like uh, A.J. Puck and uh, J.J. Bladé. They were traded for each other uh, yeah. this offseason with Oakland and Miami, and it was just like a pitcher that didn't work out in Oakland. They moved him to Miami. A, a hitter that didn't work in Miami, they moved him to Oakland. Just guys that, you know, had potential were both around the same thing. You know, first-rounders who were 28 just didn't work out, switch of scenery. I mean, maybe they could find something like that. But I, it, it does seem, and we'll see, you know, probably hear more from Chris Getz, and we'll talk about Chris Getz right after this break. Um, you know, we'll see what their plan is for, for Kopech in 2024. Ellie's um, going to watch the Bears. We understand. Um and shout out to Adam Hogue of the Bears. Uh, he just went out to the grand reopening of Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram uh, in Fox Lake. The Get Ducked event is over, unfortunately. Someone, no, someone, we're down to one uh, one bird-related ad a yeah, day. Yes, mm. one bird-related ad mm. a day. Uh, and I, I someone won $1,000 yesterday at that event. Oh, that's uh, Wow. But uh, there is... Jeep Adventure Days still going on. You can get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. Um, the grand reopening was only on September 9th, but savings are all month long. So make sure to check out uh, Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram out in Fox Lake. And they also have uh, Ray Chevy, uh, the family of Ray Auto. Um, you can also visit uh, RayChevrolet.com, uh, serving the community since 1963. Find new roads. Um want to let you know too about our friends over at game time if you are looking to go to a game i guess if you want to go see a white Sox game maybe the bears are in town too should i check on the update of the uh cake concert tonight you, where, where oh i forgot cake was tonight um i i, I currently got cheapest seats all in 46 bucks whoa it's not bad it's not bad not at all. bad do i have to go to the salt shed tonight we'll yes, see you do. Um, we'll see beautiful night i i just learned of this uh concert uh, apparently going to uh, october 8th Bob Dylan, Cadillac uh, Palace Theater. There you go. So I got, I guess I'm seeing Bob Dylan. So hey, uh, that that should be fun. Are you a Bob Dylan fan? I mean, I'm gonna. Pre- I, I appreciate. I can appreciate. I don't know if I like. He's influenced a lot of if, minds if, that if you probably already like. Bob Dylan's probably not like my top ten favorite of all time, but he's Bob Dylan. He's in mine. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like you know, I. It's eighty two. Probably still. Yeah, that's probably not why I wouldn't wouldn't be going to. Probably that, you know yeah. sits down in a chair and does some little strumming. Sit behind the piano. Yeah, but mm-hmm. hey, if you can get a good deal on game time, 
Right. Well, that's the thing. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Not trying to get dark here, but I, I was like, oh, I'll see Tom Petty uh, next time he comes uh. to town. He didn't. Uh, which was unfortunate. So, you know, hey, if Bob Dylan doesn't come to town again, you know, I mean, at least I could say I saw him. Hopefully, knock on wood. Have, um, no, have no regrets, Sean. Exactly. Um, so, have no regrets. Browse the Game Time app. Go find an upcoming event in your area. Um, they have flash deals and last-minute tickets. So, if you are looking just to do something tonight, maybe you're just trying to go to the Bears game right now. Maybe you're outside of Soldier Field and you're like, I gotta go to the Bears game right now. Use Game Time. Uh, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and Game Time guarantee means you always get the best price. You find tickets in the same section in row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So, snag the tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so uh, Vinny and I were chatting uh, while Herb was uh, losing his, his voice at the uh, tailgate. Yep. And uh, Chris Getz spoke in Detroit this weekend. And the biggest thing that stuck out, um, Chris Getz wants them to get more athletic. That'd be good. I, I, I'd like that. Uh, I, I, <laughs> shout out, by the way, to, to Daryl at the Sun-Times. Yes. Doing the reporting in Detroit so we can talk about all of these things. Shout out to Lamont, too. Lamont's there, Lamont, too. Merck's there, too. Merck's there, so, too. Oh, wow. Everyone's um, doing work out so, there in the Motor City. So, shout out to our friends. Um, but the biggest thing that stuck out to Vinny and I was the end quote. I wouldn't be surprised if you look up next year and all of a sudden he's back to the Tim Anderson we're accustomed to seeing. But it takes a lot of effort and focus to be a successful major league player. And we need to make sure all these players are fully committed to be part of our group moving forward. Um and there was talks about uh, the Anderson and Hendricks options, uh, and that's basically what we're going to focus around here. But uh, interesting words there, Herb, uh, by saying we need to make sure all these players are fully committed to being a part of our group moving forward. And, uh, and, and before that, too, I mean, literally in the sentence where he's talking about TA, using words like effort and focus. Um, again, I, I think we've talked the TA situation to death. We all know, you know, what uh, he's been going through from an injury standpoint, been going through from a, a, an off-the-field standpoint and from an on-the-field standpoint. Um, but here's the GM of the team using those words, and, and you, can't really, uh, you can't really look away from that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I'm glad that he's saying these things in the, to the public, and I hope he's had a conversation with the team and saying specifically those things and maybe not calling out people by name about effort and hustle. But if he takes Timmy inside and say, man, this ain't your year. And some of the times you've been lackadaisical at the plate, lackadaisical in the field, that's not you. We need you to be better. I would have really appreciated it, especially if coming from Chris Getz, who's played the position, played the position in major leagues, not you know his main position, I'm more as a second baseman, but he understands what major league uh, shortstop and up the middle infield uh, does for a team, especially as the leader of the team. So I don't know if I like the athlete thing, the athlete quote, because then if you're a White Sox fan, that brings you back to the Kenny Williams type of style of drafting where you're just getting athletes in the building instead of actual baseball players. I get what he's saying. He wants to be more first to third type of team, teams that catch balls in the gap instead of letting those drop, etc. But I want baseball players. Unnecessary David Eckstein. Not yeah, well, necessarily say, Eddie. You sound like Jerry Ryan. No, 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 Eddie Stanky. Give me an actual good baseball player that had some good, some good baseball IQ. And if he happens to run a 4-4-40, cool, I'm in. But don't be looking at people because they're athletic to come to the White Sox and change that dynamic of the team. I just want baseball players who fit well with what they're doing. And if he's going to set an example, 
put, put in players with actual baseball knowledge before athletic talent. That would be my thing. I don't know. I disagree with you fully yeah? on that. Yeah, yeah of I course. think you're leaning a little bit too heavily on that past thought. You know what I mean? I, yeah, and I mean, also, not only that, it's not one or the other, right? I mean, they're on a scale here, and I think probably what that comment means is there have been too many times where they have been hurt over this year and the last couple of years by the fact that they didn't have enough athleticism, maybe. I mean, we had, Sean, you were alluding to the conversation we were having about that those quotes today, literally while we were talking about that. Oh, my God. Yasmani Grandal grounded into an inning-ending double play and in an inning where they could have scored enough runs to win today's game, and it's a slow-developing play. The ball bounced off the mound. Great play by the Tigers infield, no doubt about it. And he's deep in the hole But, he's, but it's the, the second bag. baseman over there flipping it back to the shortstop. The shortstop's got to get it to first, and the first baseman's got to dig it out of the dirt. A great play. They made all the plays they needed. If that's not Yasmani Grandal running to first base, that's not a double play. What if it's Andrew and then, Vaughn? Oh, and they beat him by four feet. Too, what if it's Andrew Vaughn steps? running down the first Vaughn base? Vaughn would have beat it. Okay. I, I Vaughn's been running hard lately. After, huh? Vaughn's been running really hard lately. I've been really happy with well, that. No, no, no. Vaughn he always runs, runs hard, hard all the time. Yeah, yes. He's yeah, looked right. faster. Out of the box especially, that first step's been good. I'm serious, Herb. I know you're making faces. He's been looking no, good he, No, he can, run, he can run hard, but his <laughs> running is hard is my running oh, hard. He's looked good. You're not going anywhere. The point being, I could see where Chris is coming from when he's describing that as a need, right? We talked last offseason about the needs this team had, not necessarily applying to one position, applying across the board, right? They need to get better at defense. They need to get better at base running. They need to get better, you know, in the mental area of the game. This is perhaps a need that Chris is identifying now is that they need to get better at being athletic. And so that doesn't necessarily mean one guy or one position, but, you know, just overall. Right. Well, I mean, I would love if, Oscar Colas was, you know, more aware of what he was doing. He's I would very love, athletic. Yeah, very athletic. He's just <laughs> as dumb as a brick. Like, you know, brick by brick. Yeah, baseball IQ needs to improve, because, especially him. Like, how does he not get it? Like, running into Elvis today, it's just not changing. And I'm sure the coaches have gone over and over and over and over again. He's not a young player. He's 25. But are they going over it enough? Like, how is it September? How have you done this? Elvis was on the team last year. Elvis was in spring training. And I I was getting crap from you guys. I know it's Oscar Colossus' fault. But, I, I mean, they zoomed in on Elvis. I don't see him, like, being extremely demonstrative. demonstrative. Like, make it apparent. Be fucking a annoying about it because guess what he'll take off your risk wrist risk risk the game of global domination great board game. <laughs> but uh, i yeah <laughs> i hear you sean and but i'm sure they go over it and after a time there's you know just hitting your head against the wall with this guy i mean Vinny brought like when you first brought up that you know pedro kind of goes hard at oscar and names him by name in post crap i was like man, that's kind of me- that's messed up but i could see by just being a person that's not in the building, I can see their frustration with the player. The player hasn't developed necessarily into the player that they want him to be. And then he's kind of not a smart baseball player that does dumb things that you shouldn't be doing as a 25-year-old major league player. Once, cool. Twice, it's way too much. And it continues doing this. And I can see, you know, with the, all the talent and all the needs the White Sox have, him being shipped out this offseason, even though they think his talent is immense, sometimes you just got to cut the cord on somebody you don't think gets it. And that would be, that to me would set a a nice little like, hey, this is our, this is our, we're planting our flag on. You play here, you play smart, you listen to what we say, and this is how we're going to play, or you cannot be here. 
type of thing because he has talent. You can see the power, the home runs, the arm. Everything's there. But if you're just a dumb player, you're costing your team wins, and it's a team that can't cost each other wins as much as they have. Well, so many times already since the deadline, which was only a month ago, guys, uh, we have brought up, you know, that that whole clubhouse thing, the, the way they saw to fix that was by making personnel changes, right, on, on the roster. And maybe what we haven't thought about so much is the role Chris Getz could play in that whole thing that Pedro's been talking about all year long, the culture aspect, but more so the building, the clubhouse that you want to build. You brought it up there, Herb. Maybe there's work that Chris Getz does this offseason that is in that vein, that isn't just, well, we need position X. Maybe it's like, well, we'll take a new hole at, at, at position Y if it means that we get somebody out of here who's not following things the exact way we want to be. You can cr- He's the guy at the end of the day that has the power to craft the roster that puts the guys in that clubhouse. Yep. You don't necessarily walk into that clubhouse and just because Pedro's in charge, you're all of a sudden subscribed to the Pedro Grafol way of thinking. And so maybe there's a, there are things that Chris Getz can do. I'm not saying that Oscar Colas has these problems, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that as you bring up, I think you brought up an interesting thought in that, hey, we want to get the guys that play the game that we want to see it played. All right, Chris Getz, that's your job. Go to it this offseason. Salvador Perez, come on down. Is he more athletic than Yasmani Grindel? Yeah, there we go. He's bigger. We're getting more athletic. $20 million Uh, um, worth. We're going to take a quick break. We'll we'll keep going on this discussion, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, T.A. and Liam Hendricks. Uh, I want to let you know, though, about our friends over at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they've told you uh, they'll have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. All that hilarious miming. Uh, probably would have done better if I hadn't hit multiple microphones multiple times during that <laughs> ad read. So sorry about that if that was audible. Oh, yeah, we got Fubu back. With Fubo, my bad. Law. honestly, shocking. We, we did, I don't know what's more shocking that I'm here or that Fubo's back. Law has, has uh, done a, a quick yeah. change with Steven. Yeah, well, we're having issues. We're doing a Bears watch along right now, and for sure. some reason, my my comments are not coming up, and I'd like people to be commenting on screen. So I'm yes. not sure why that he's. He's my tech guy. Ah, he's young. I'm old. So Steven's um, been roped out of the room. I missed he's that been sales swapped. Uh, but yeah, Fubo, let's go. Yeah. I missed that sales announcement. Yeah, they're oh, back. Yeah, uh, shout out to FuboTV.com. That's how I watch the Cubs. That, yeah, because yeah, Marquise, Marquise on Fubo. Watch, yeah, uh, well, not with Fubo. Yeah, right. Or with Fubo, it's not impossible. Uh, they have 140 live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device, and you can watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with a free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching, and you also get a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Uh, that's our favorite part about Fubo as well. Uh, when Vinny's going to go home and watch the rewind of the White Sox game, he's going to do it in his cloud DVR. <laughs> <laughs> with Fubo. Uh, and you can watch local teams while traveling as well. Uh, you got college football, 
Big Ten with all their 16, 17, 18 teams. You have to have a team at some point at this point with how big the Big Ten is. Uh, NFL, we got uh, the Bears going on on Fubo uh, out there. They also have NFL Network and Red Zone on Fubo TV. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Open is wrapping up. Shout out to Coco Goff uh, for winning the final yesterday. Um, I think right now it's going on, and I don't know who's going. Uh, Djokovic. Yeah, he's probably going to win it. Yeah, all right. Uh, and then uh, also they got the Ryder Cup as well. So watch all your favorite college football and the NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash chgo to sign up for 50% off. 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. That's FuboTV.com slash CHGO. And finally, want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO. They've helped decked out our set, uh, but it's been a busy day, so we don't have any bobbleheads here today, but they're all out in Studio A. Uh, get fitted in the best sports gear around with our friends over at FOCO. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's baseball season, so get your Aloha shirts, your That's straw right, hats. That's right, it's baseball season. Still. <laughs> uh, straw hats, polo ba- polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Uh, so check out foco.com or click the link in the description for all, non- pre- for all non-presa items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. We saw the people at the tailgate with those Foco Bears overalls. Oh, nice. that, uh, That's a hot t- item. Yeah, that Tevin uh, Jenkins was uh, sporting. Looked real good in person. So, yeah, Foco's uh, hooking it up. The people at CHGO and people at CHGO Bears are... Definitely eating up those up. There's multiple people. It was like at least three people with those overalls on. Go get fitted out, and uh, something happened in the Bears game. And, Steve, uh, Steven's back, too. Steven, yeah, did man. you know that you turned into law for about 20 seconds? It's one of my skills, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're turning into an old man in yeah, front of eyes. I am a grumpy old man. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, I want to just cut in with something. Really cool thing going on in baseball right now. The Brewers have potentially an 11-inning no-hitter going. Mm. They yeah. are, they're up 1-0, so it's going to the bottom of the 11th right now. Wow, that's and, a real, like, 19-0-something yeah. way yeah. of doing things right there. Yeah, that's, that's cool. You know I like that, being the old grumpy man. Like, that's yes, the old are. style of baseball, one nothing. It's they, probably the same guy, too, right? Yeah. No. No, it's no? Cor- Corbin Burns started it. No? And then, uh, it's not brought, Bratwurst-armed oh. uh, McGee or anything <laughs> like that? No, not this time. <laughs> How they do it? Like a uh, single stolen base, bunt to the guy over, bunt a uh, sacrifice well, fly. They're extra oh, innings to the ghost runner. Oh, they just yeah. had a single and knocked in the ghost runner. Oh, okay. um, but so in the tenth inning, I just saw this pop up on my Twitter feed. Uh, they hit a ball out into the gap. Volpe hit a ball out into the gap. There's runners on first and second. Oh, it's versus um, the Yankees too. Yeah, and, and they're in Yankee Stadium. So oh. I mean, they're playing in the Little League ballpark. Um, David Wells is crying into his uh, whatever. I'm not even gonna say a different beer. He's Goose Island. Um, but uh. So they hit the ball into the right center gap, and it's right out where that video board is. Um, and Sal Freelix, the right fielder, Joey Weimer is the center fielder, and Joey Weimer. Who are any of Yeah, you're exactly. just making up people. <laughs> They're Milwaukee Brewers. Um, the Brewers do something. Uh, what, wasn't their left and so center fielder it, Christian Yelich and Low Kane like two years, like one year ago? Here's the thing. Uh, well, Yelich is the DH now. Gotcha. Um, but here's the th- weird thing with the Brewers is they take players that no one's ever heard from. Mm-hmm. They actually use like their later round picks and actually turn them into major league baseball mm. players. It's a novel idea mm. uh, where they actually are good at developing people. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you and you made up some pitcher today with like four, three last names that the pay, pitch for the uh, Tigers okay, today. So you didn't watch the first five innings. No. He actually pitched he in pitched the game very oh. well. Sawyer <laughs> Gibson Long. Yeah, that's a, that's not a real person. He is. He pitched for the, the Tigers. <laughs> Sawyer um, Gibson Long. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, he was parents nails. Um, you made his major league debut and shoved it up with the White Sox, Giggy. That, that happens He's to the White Sox all the time. Because they suck. Pitcher, first yeah. game. Um, but Freelick and Weimer merge. Freelick catches the ball up against the fence while Weimer's 
colliding into him. Mm. So it's like this crazy collision. We uh, The whole time, Free like holds on to the ball. It's a great play. Go catch it. But I just described to it, it to you perfectly. So Incredible detail. No hitters exactly. over while you were telling that, by right, the way. Yeah. It's also one-to-one awesome. one now. Oh, uh, so there's cool. no reason we even needed to bring up the Brewer-Yankee game at all. Awesome. Thanks, Stephen. Introducing the Yankees into this <laughs> broadcast. All right. Uh, so we talked a little bit about TA. There's also uh, Liam Hendricks on this uh, side. And Liam actually apparently, uh, from Daryl Van Scowen's reporting, and I don't know if anyone else had this story, but I, I'm just reading the Sun-Times right now. Um, Liam Hendricks apparently talked with Jerry Reinsdorf, and they had an hour, hours-long meeting uh, where uh, Liam basically asked Jerry to pick up the option and just said that it would be very helpful to him next year recovering from Tommy John, living in Chicago and Arizona where the Sox already have facilities in both Chicago and Arizona. Um, I don't know if this is going to play into Chris Getz. I mean, I, I mean, we know Jerry controls the budget. It's probably pretty easy if Jerry Reinsdorf walks into Chris Getz's uh, office and says, pick up Liam's option. I mean, we haven't heard that, but, um, I mean, Liam's obviously pleading for it. Would you you think that's possible, or do you think they're going to decline it and then pay him $15 million over 15 years? I think you have to be kind of cold-hearted to be a general manager sometimes, and you know if budgetary constraints are part of what your owner is, $15 million to this next year salary would put the White Sox in a really tenuous spot with maybe four starting pitchers they have to go and sign or acquire. Uh, maybe a right fielder if they trade Colas or something like that. A lot of other things have to happen to have that contract be picked up because you know he's not, for the most part, not going to play next year. Like he, Liam Hendricks, you can actually, you know, not bet on him not playing because he's Liam Hendricks. He's a, he's a Superman. But $15 million off of that on the books next year, Jerry will be saying, hey, I spent $190 million, and $15 million of that is a person that's not playing. It's going to be tough to, to muster. If you're going to be paying $15 million anyways, I would say, hey, you still have options. You can still be in the facility. We'll have you here if, if, if available. If you're not signed by another team, we can give you availability to the Arizona and Chicago thing, whatever. But we cannot pick that up, brother. I'm sorry. That's that's way too much money, especially with the constraints that the White Sox have on their budget. Now, if Gary's saying that $15 million is just, hey, not a part of the budget. Yeah, not cutting our budget, smooth. Sign him. I want him back. I want him to be on the team setting the culture, setting the precedent for this White Sox team moving forward. But, yeah, um, that's my feelings. It's just way too much Jerry Reinsdorf feeling for me that he's not going to do the right thing and make the budget bigger because of him picking up that 15 million. Well, let's remember what the right thing means though. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you just said, you know, it takes, you need to be cold hearted in order to be a GM. That's true. You do, but let's cheer for some folks when they're not being cold hearted too. You know yes. what I mean? Uh, if the White Sox decided to pick up the option and keep Liam Hendricks around, this is a guy who's done nothing but, earn the applause of this fan base and, and every fan base for that matter. Um, a guy who you would be thrilled to have be a part of your organization, even if he's not going out there and doing what you paid him to do, which is, uh, you know, close games at an all-star level. Um, but heck, I mean, you know, I, I don't think we should all necessarily be rooting for people to be cold-hearted, for people to, to be rooting for a, a line item on a budget rather than 
let's root for the guy and let, let's figure out what's best for the guy and and a to have this guy be a part of the organization and be a part of the culture around here so um I think that there's a lot of ways they can go. I think it is a tough thing to, to for Chris Getz to decide on for the, exactly the reasons that you laid out. Herb, they are probably going to be in a position where they're going to need every last bit of budget that they can if they're going to try to make this team competitive for next year. Um, I've brought up past instances where teams have – uh, in different situations, obviously, signed guys who they knew weren't going to play in year one to a two-year deal to see if they could contribute to them in year two. Maybe they can figure out a way to do something like that with Liam Hendricks to make sure he's still part of this thing throughout next year in every way that he can be, that he still is able to recover in every way that he can and contribute to them on the field down the line. But we'll see what happens. It's it's an, it's a it's a it's a tough decision for Chris Getz. Um, it's a tough decision for Jerry Reinsdorf, who obviously likes this guy and wants him to be around. Um, and I think it should be tough for fans to think about, too. I don't think fans should be just jumping to the conclusion of, well, they need that 14 or $15 million to spend on somebody else. It should be tough for you to not want to see Liam Hendricks go either. Right, yeah. I, and I, I mean, too, just to speak on the $15 million, and I mean, he's going to get paid $15 million. Either no way, what. they've spent it. The money's right. The, that so, money has been invested already. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more about... You know, will he be on this team in 2025? Right. Because we, we know that in 2024, he's likely, unless he's absolutely a freak of the nature and they pick up the option, he's likely not going to pick up uh, pitch for the White Sox in 2024. I mean, unless it, there's like the last two weeks of September, he, he comes out of nowhere. Um, but it is for a team that is usually budget conscious, like a guy that I would want to bet on as a fan. Like, there's no reason why. I mean, he's. We know he's going to pitch in 2025. I mean, he's he's a person that you would literally need to restrain in his home, probably like on house arrest, to make him not pitch uh, baseball. We know that he was going through cancer treatment and was pitching. Um, so, I mean, this is this man's entire life. I would absolutely bet on him. Um, we know that he is a top performer at the closer position when healthy, and for a team that needs to dominate. The AL Central, right? The elephant in the room. We saw Emmanuel Class A be so dominant for the the Guardians and and help propel them to a division title. Having a shutdown closer would absolutely be super helpful to them. We saw how helpful Hendricks was in 2021. If they're serious about being competitive, it is massively important to be respective of what this man's wishes is. Because like I, I think there's a clear shot of you just keeping him in 2025 if you pick up this option, let him recover and I mean, I don't know what his salary would look like for 2025, but it's probably going to be less than 15 million because he's recovering off of Tommy John. But he'd um, be healthy by then too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, Liam is beloved by everyone in Major League Baseball. I don't think you really hear any Sox fans say a bad word about him because why would you? Um, great on and off the field, lovely person, right? I mean, I just hope Jerry Reinsdorf honors his wishes, and it seems like his wishes would be pick up the option, and you know, we'll see how that goes. But, um, I mean. I don't know when Chris Getz can actually start addressing this. I mean, I mean, can they announce like the end of the year? Can they announce right now that they're picking up the option? Like, I mean, theoretically, you can announce it. I don't think you can pick up the actual option until the off season starts. Okay, so I mean, I mean we'll see. It's. I wish he does. I uh, hope for Liam's and the White Sox sake he does pick up the option because, uh, as Vinny said, it's a good person to have around just for his baseball knowledge. 
period. Yeah, and just being a great person too. Hard assness too. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, geez, I mean, that's a competitor. Um, uh, anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGOI Tax Post Game Show. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us. Uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. Uh, obviously, I know Amazing. some people are watching. Thank Bears you guys. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. Make sure you follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGOI Tax beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Acknerall23. He's our CHGOI Tax community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, thank you, Steve and Nicholas, for producing the show. And uh, go tune into either our live Bears coverage right now or the Bears post game coverage. We got Bears going on. So uh, go Bears. 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 Bears.